Welcome to our podcast, Healing Arts from the Borderland, organized by the Borderland Rainbow Center in El Paso, Texas. This is made possible through a grant for TASA, Texas Association Against Sexual Assault. And in this podcast, we provide cultural, spiritual enrichment to aid in healing in both this podcast as well as in workshops. Now, this podcast is for individuals in recovery, survivors, or for those who simply wish to be inspired by stories of resiliency. If you'd like to tell your story, please contact us at hstbgrant at borderlandrainbow.org or go ahead and feel free to check everything out in the links below. Now, my name is Amber and I'll be our guide interviewing artists and healers and how they came to be and their struggles and how they're helping the community now. Now, real quick, before we get started, I'd like to do a simple ask from you, and that would be that if you enjoy these podcasts, if these stories lift you up in any way, that you go ahead and share this with people who you think that this would resonate with. It's one of the best ways for us to grow and to reach bigger audiences and to have more uh, interaction with people. So uh, without much further ado, let's go ahead and get started. Everything's a circle. It just gets wider or it gets smaller, I think. And so if it's getting smaller, then the problem is not solving itself. If it's getting wider, if the circle is getting wider, so to speak, through time, if I'm coming back to the problem less than I have in the past, then I know I'm healing. We are joined today by tattooist, agriculturalist, visionary, Ole McLulloch, in a conversation about the importance of our roots and the very idea of decolonization. Who are you? What is your art form? How do you identify? What's your origin story? I'm Omid Laluk. I'm from a little place called Little Red Sands here on the east side of El Paso, Texas. I'm a tattooist. I also am an agriculturalist. I identify like Chicano and also I'm a craftsperson. Yeah, it's a couple of questions put into one and I'll try to start with the last one. My origins, they're from here, from, from the Paso del Norte region. My family can be traced to the 1800s with my great-great-grandpa. They lived near and around Isleta del Sur. And so half of my family is actually tribally enrolled. I call this place home, El Paso, Texas. I identify like that, descended of indigenous people and also like Chicano, just a common person. And now what would be called the Masewali, you know, the common man. My art form is, it's, it's life, I think. Everything in my life, I try to apply beauty to it and grace. But I've become a practitioner of tattooing and painting and drawing. And I actually render ancient symbols into tattooing. That's kind of what I do. So what do you think shaped you into doing this? Definitely my family played a big part because living in the Chicano era from the late 80s and the 90s when I was born, my mother and her sisters, they were bachucas. They did that whole lowrider scene and cholas and stuff like that. That's the culture they were into. And in that culture, tattooing played a big part. I grew up seeing my aunts and my uncles with tattooing and my mom with tattooing. She's actually the one who was the first person to teach me tattooing and to show me how it was done. Back then, just like the form that I take now is hand-poke tattooing, meaning without a electric machine. But so that's how my mom and 
past generation used to do also, they used to hand poke tattoos on themselves. When I was young, I used to play with my mom's hands and she had the tres puntos on her hand, three points. So that's how I got into tattooing is because I asked her what they were and she told me, she said they were tattoos. And then I asked her how she got them because they would never come off. I tried to scratch them off and stuff and they wouldn't come off. But she then, she told me how she prepared her needle and her ink and how she got the, the ink into the skin. She just spoke that to me. And growing up, some of that were looked to the most. My uncles were the ones that had all their tattoos. They were covered in tattoos from legs and arms and even their head and stuff. And so when they would get back from vacation or whatever, they would be so, so adorned by all the women too in the family. Like, oh my gosh, I haven't seen them in so long and blah, blah, blah. So I always would see my uncles and I would think to myself, that's what I'm going to be like when I get older. I'm going to get tattoos and stuff and I'm going to cover my arms and this and that. And as soon as I could hold a pen, I was drawing snakes on my arms and stuff and trying already doing designs for tattoo. I grew up with the tattoo culture and I was able to see it. What has challenged you with your identity, with like how you identify in the world, your place in the world and your, through your art form as well, of course? Generally speaking, I think depends. It depends. I mean, there's been challenges from the climate just the climate itself living here where i live i live in a place it's called little red sand the far east side by weko tanks over here it gets super hot and super dry learning how to survive in a place like that that's a challenge in itself i think there's social challenges and political challenges things like that but i get real influenced by nature so i tried to stay as close to that as possible. Where have you found like healing? I think mainly I keep coming back to how I've been damaged. I've seen damage happen and destruction happen within my family, within my youth and my upbringing. It reminds me about what work has been designated for me. That's where I get some of the healing from is everything's a circle. It just gets wider or it gets smaller, I think. And so if it's getting smaller, then the problem is not solving itself. If it's getting wider, if the circle is getting wider, so to speak, through time, if I'm coming back to the problem less than I have in the past, then I know I'm healing. How did you develop that philosophy? It all has to do with the natural base ways, views, and practice, how I think it works. And I, and you just see what happens in nature and then you apply it to your life. And when you hear the old stories about the old people that used to live here before us, they teach us that. They teach us to see how the ants are related to the stars. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like that. You mentioned a little bit earlier that there was damage within family or within your life. And I don't know if you're comfortable talking about any of that. Since 2012, I've been consciously decolonizing. Forget certain teachings that were forced on, so to speak, like our culture as uh, people of Mexican descent, uh, Chicano people and indigenous people. Since then, I've been trying to find truths about what I am and, and why I'm in this position that I'm in. The damage, it can be through the colonial influence, I think, because 
there's not a lot of movement around some of the ways that we're damaged and destroyed in our families and communities. And a lot of that, to name a few, there it, it's even everything, you know, really, it's even love like has been damaged by colonial force. There's violence within to ourselves and mm-hmm. by, by ourselves to ourselves through the use of addiction, mm-hmm. things like that still happening. It's ongoing. It'll probably be tomorrow, but that's kind of the work that is put out for us right now to just shed that process that we went through. It's even about getting better, I think. I think you're absolutely right. We're- Where do you think that you have gotten your strength from? What has brought you strength? I get strength from food a lot. Food is really important for me. I eat good food and feel good. I get my strength from Mother Nature. That's where I get a lot of my inspiration from. Mother Nature provides food and good food turns people into good or bad people. I think that's the way I see it. I get strength from many, many different places. Ceremony from tattooing from my family, my partner, my culture's big, you know, source of strength. So are there any moments in your life that stick out that you're, oh, right there was a turning point, or that was like a huge lesson that I learned? Anything that you feel like has really kind of helped define you or redefine you? Learning songs that are old, I'm talking about a couple hundred years old, 700 years old songs that come from cultures from across our continent here and learning those languages and learning what they mean, how ancient people were connecting mm. before the modern civilization. That's been a big lesson for me right there about learning how the old ones, how they lived so that maybe some of that could be applied to now to see what the effects would be. And so I'll give you an example. The first time that I ever went around a ceremonial song drum, there was an announcement and they said, okay, turn off your cell phones and put them away. There's no recording during these songs. And they started to sing the songs. It was outside after about five minutes of these songs being sung and the drum being sound. These four bald eagles came from the east side of the area. I just remembered that time that that happened. When that happened and everybody saw those eagles come, it was just, for me, something reacted in my makeup and who I am and what I am. And it reminded me about who I was. And so that was a major turning point for me right there because Mother Nature responded and actually Father Sky responded. And so that was a major turning point for me and a a lesson well learned, I think, because it teaches us that those ancient songs, those old songs, they still mean a lot even today because the eagle is that old and it remembers, he remembers it too. I got literal chills as you told that story. That must have been incredibly life-changing for you. It was emotional, definitely. So we talk about healing modalities, how we heal. And you talk about food, you talk about the art of tattooing. I would love to get a little bit more into your headspace, your feelings about how you're healing through that and how you're healing others, perhaps. Normally, when we do tattooing, we treat it like a ceremony. And so regardless of what image it is or who's getting it, we always have certain elements that we use to help us culturally and even spiritually. Because when we tattoo, we have faith in tattooing. We don't just tattoo conventionally. We believe that when you tattoo yourself, you're not just tattooing the physical part of yourself. You're actually tattooing the eternal part of yourself too. That's going to 
also leave a mark. It's really important for us to do only specific symbols mm -hmm. or also to be in that mindset. What we do in the world is going to impact our journey to the next world. That's kind of our faith there. And what we tattoo on ourselves is going to open the gates to certain places and close the doors to other places. I can think of one example for those of you that are not from El Paso, but in the early 2000s, there was a big war that happened in Juarez and it affected a lot of people here in El Paso because we're connected. It's a similar city. There's just separation by the border. Well, there was a lot of mass murders and stuff happening. There was a gang that was involved and it was called Los Aztecas. And so growing up, Los Aztecas were the biggest, baddest gang around here. Well, they wore these tattoos that they represented the Mexican culture, the indigenous Mexican culture. And so in my lifetime, I've seen how these tattoos have evolved to be worn by other non-gang members. It's been an interesting journey because you see the real gang tattoos and now you also see this generation starting to wear some of those similar tattoos for the reasons of cultural identity rather than to be associated by criminal organization, so to speak. There's more people that are waking up to their culture as Chicano people or Chicana people, Chicanx people, and indigenous people descended from indigenous roots also retracing some of those markings, those old tattoos, and finding some of the similarities of how they can be utilized in this society today. And they're all very connected. Again, it's a colonial story. And so it's the Mexican that's being utilized for these ways that we're in. But I think it's all about decolonizing mainly, trying to just find the beauty of our culture through evolution and taking it to the future. I can give you another example. A young client that I had that came to get tattooed and he came into the shop here and he asked to get a picture of Tonantzin Lali. And that means our mother earth, Tonantzin Lali. And what it is, is it's two rattlesnakes. They're meeting each other face to face. And it's a profile that makes it look like a monster reptile. But that's who our mother earth was prior to 1400s. And so he liked the image and he was Mexican too. And he looked at it and knew that it belonged to him. And so he decided to go forward with it. When he got the tattoo, he went home and he asked his mom if she liked it. And she was kind of scared, she said. And she asked him if that wasn't a gang tattoo. And he told her the meaning behind the two snakes meeting each other and the origin story of that specific symbol that it turned out to be a good communication moment for both of them because they learned about who they were through that ancient image and they let the fear of being involved with a gang go they let that go and so they just embraced the culture and so to me it was a kind of a very healing moment there that even the mother that was grown up during those times of terror basically is what it is people just get scared of these symbols but now people are starting to investigate a little more and find the true meanings behind them what a powerful story we've talked quite a bit about decolonization what does decolonization mean to you for me it was a movement that reminded you to not forget your roots 
kind of like how the Chicano movement was in the 60s. I think the decolonial movement is of today. It's all about learning your tribal roots and bringing them forth with respect and honor and dignity and beauty. So again, I think it's just about adorning, walking in that path of beauty, but also trying to represent oneself as who is worthy or strong, somebody that can accomplish something. You're such a deep thinker. The evidence is there, and I just kind of try to put the stories together as best as it can be. That's exactly what you are. You're a storyteller in your own right. What are you doing in the community now? You've mentioned that you do painting, you do art, and you're obviously a tattooist. Tattooing is a big one, mainly. There's also a little bit of organizing for ceremony, mainly. I do Native American ceremony and Mexican ceremony, too. That involves a lot. It's just a way of life, I guess, and it kind of changes you, molds your psychology to someone that pays attention to the stars and to the seasons and to the moon. And I'm involved with a little bit of agriculture too. I like to grow food and stuff and try to grow the best food mm. that I can. And then I like to share that with, with my ceremonial friends and family. On a greater scale, it's going to be tattooing, I think. I take the old symbols of this region. El Paso del Norte region, Chihuahua, Northern Chihuahua, mainly the Chihuahuan Desert, Mimbres, the Lower Mimbres. I take symbols from those cultures, the Mogollon culture, which is our, our grandfather culture. I take those symbols and then I I bring them back to life. That's the general community work, I think, my service that I have to offer. One of the big things is also how do we support you? Because we put out the podcast and we want people to support you. Where can they find you? Mainly tattooing is a big one for me. That's where a lot of my life is at right now. I think just get a hold of me. You can type in my name. It's Omet Lalok and that's spelled O-M-E-T-L-A-L-O-C. And with that name, you, you can find the social media that I'm connected to, and mainly I use Instagram. We're here at a shop on the east side in Montana Vista by Weco Tanks here in Little Red Sands. Anybody is from this region or has visited the region and knows about it and wants to get closer to it, feel free to reach out. What message do you have for anybody listening? My message would be to just enjoy your life and be a good person to yourself and to others. I think that's probably the most important lesson, especially being <laughs> yeah. good to yourself as well. I think so many of us forget that. We learn how to be good to others. We try to be there for others, but then we forget that we need to nourish ourselves as well. Your work, especially in this city, in this community, would help bring that pride back, that it won't be. I like to think of it as a, like the hacienda mentality where you work hard for somebody Monday through Friday and then you just party all weekend and you start all over again. We need to help pull our community out of that and to remember who they are. Definitely. I am so excited to have spoken with you. It has been a pleasure. Thank you, Amber, you too. It's been awesome. And to the Healing Arts community, thank you too for your program. and. For Jackie also and Alex Ramirez. Thank you. And thank you for listening. Without you, we wouldn't be able to make this podcast possible. And as always, wishing you nothing but good vibes. <laughs>